Welcome to day 11 of the Critics Not Cynics 31 Days of Horror Spectacular. And on this day, we're going to do something a little bit different. Um, I have a recommendation, but it's not necessarily a film. I was having a hard time kind of racking my brain on what I wanted to recommend on this day. And uh, this came out actually on the 10th, or actually it might have been the first of this month, now that I think about it. And I just want to kind of help promote it and get it some more exposure because I think it's a really good thing. But before we get to that, um, there's been something kind of going on and Twitter, and I think it's something that kind of needs to be addressed a little bit. Uh, friend, and I don't know if it was just her comment out on Twitter or other people were making comments and it kind of crystallized and went off a little bit and became something it really wasn't about. Uh, she had made a tweet about... People who only watch horror films during the month of October aren't really horror fans and that it's weak or something like that. And I don't think that she was intending to be mean uh, behind the words. And I don't think that she was really uh, doing anything that we haven't seen other people do. If you're familiar with Twitter, film Twitter can kind of become really antagonistic, especially if you have a dissenting opinion on some type of film. And that's kind of the purpose of this podcast being something that is uh, meant to talk about what what we like about film, point out what we don't like, but talking about most most of all what we what we enjoy about it. So the point of film is film is entertainment. Film is supposed to be also can be transformative and enlightening, and there's a lot of facets of film that you can pick out and like and also dislike, but also give a more genuine opinion of the film and not necessarily attack other people for having a different opinion. And knowing a little bit about this person's background, she would get bullied for liking horror films. And so... It was maybe a little bit passive-aggressive to be saying what, what she said... But I also know people who really only watch horror films during the month of October to get into the the Halloween mood, kind of the point of this 31 Days of Horror. And I don't think she meant really anything mean by it, but just saying that, you know, those people that only watch horror during this particular time of year are just doing it for the time of year. Not that there's necessarily anything wrong with that, but that... If they're going out necessarily calling themselves horror aficionados, uh, they really necessarily aren't. And apparently this caused a lot of backlash. I saw a lot of people commenting on it. And then I think it just kind of snowballed out, uh, out of control. And then people were attacking her for having made the comment and saying, well, no, you know, there's nothing wrong with watching horror only this time of the month. You know, some of us watch it all year round, yeah, but, you know, if you're not really a horror person and this is the only time of the year that you feel comfortable watching that type of stuff, there's nothing wrong with it, which is absolutely true. Both statements can be true at the same time. Just like both opinions about a film can be true at the same time. One does not invalidate the other. And this kind of 
approach that I'm right, you're wrong is not the greatest thing for people because people get so entrenched in their beliefs and aren't necessarily willing to hear the other side of the argument. Could this person have articulated their their thesis better? Absolutely. Could people have responded to her better and disproven her argument or shown examples or shown her a way to think differently about it? Absolutely. So I don't think anyone's in the right here, and I don't think anyone's in the wrong. I think what we have is, to quote uh, Cool Hand Look, a failure to communicate. Um, and that's a problem that's just kind of going on in the world right now. Even though we have all these social media platforms, we have podcasts that make us more connected globally than we ever were at any point. Somehow we're becoming more disconnected as people. And I don't understand why. And this was something I, I believe I went on in a mini rant during this, this whole thing about uh, if you like a movie like Jack and Jill, which is critically panned and a lot of people make fun of it and they trash people who, who like the movie. What makes the person who dislikes the movie and trashes anyone, anyone who likes the movie right and what makes the person who likes that movie wrong and vice versa? Just because something f- feels right to you, it feels right to you. You're entitled to how you feel about something. And no one can necessarily invalidate how you feel about that thing. They can present an argument. They can present s- facts or evidence to support their stance, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to convince the other person and it might by articulating it in, in a better way, maybe you can't open eyes. Now I know exactly where this person's coming from when I became addicted to horror films or when I really became, they became the genre that I like to watch 24 seven. I thought people thought I was weird. Now, there were other reasons they thought I was weird. I still like Power Rangers. I still like cartoons. Uh, I still like comic books. I like comic book movies. You know, there was a period of time where liking comic books and liking comic book movies was not the popular thing. Criticize Big Bang Theory all you want. I know a lot of people don't like that show, but that show helped kind of bring nerdum and geekdom into the acceptable light of people. So um, now it is more accepted. You get a movie like Joker where Joaquin Phoenix should get nominated for an Oscar performance. You get a masterpiece film like Avengers Endgame. So they're all advances in cinema. They're all advances in technique. They're all advances in storytelling. Now, I've tried to introduce people that I know that don't like the horror genre to horror and I pick the lighter movies yes I don't consider them a horror fan but I have to appreciate them wanting to at least dip their toe in and maybe by me introducing them to these lighter movies uh, they can work their way up to something like House of a Thousand Corpses or Saw or Hostel uh, or Evil Dead Return of the Living Dead you know so we should embrace each other 
the, those that don't watch horror movies all year round and those who do watch horror movies all year round. We need to come together and accept our differences and accept that we, we don't necessarily have the same opinions and the same beliefs on film. And like I said, I think this person could have articulated their stance better, but I don't believe she meant anything truly negative behind it. And I've seen her come out and talk about on Twitter about how it was a little bit passive aggressive. It was kind of taking a knock at the people that had bullied her when she was younger for liking horror and for watching horror 24 seven. And so I understand where she's coming from. I was picked on for liking things that people didn't find to be acceptable for a person of my age, especially during high school. And in high school, I didn't fit in with any of any groups. I didn't fit in with the nerds. I didn't fit in with the jocks. I didn't fit in with the band kids. I didn't fit in with the theater kids, even though I was in theater. I moved from group to group, never feeling like I actually belonged to anyone. And when I finally rejoined Twitter last year, and I kind of became part of the film community because that was the build up to the launch of this podcast. Uh, I really got to meet and I still meet and communicate with these people that are fantastic. But I also have seen the kind of nasty light of film Twitter. And I will always say that the horror community is about the best community you can get to know. But then after this happens, the horror community kind of turned on its own. And instead of going, well, hey, did you think about it in this light? Or maybe there's a better way you can you can say what you're saying here that isn't going to come across as negative or, or judgy. And um, maybe what recommendations would you make to someone who is not necessarily into the horror genre a whole lot? And what can we do to kind of dip the toe in and see maybe if we can start branching out to these other movies. You know, I would think of just Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark? Those were my first real intros to horror. And then I would try to watch some horror stuff here and there on network television and I'd get too scared and I changed the channel. And until my sister introduced me to Friday the 13th and I managed to stay awake through the whole film even though I was terrified that was the film franchise that got me into horror. Then I branched out to Nightmare on Elm Street. Then I branched out to Halloween. Then Saw was coming out. And then House of a Thousand Corpses. And then I was just at Blockbuster every week renting horror films. Heck, even before Blockbuster was network video, our local network video. I was renting horror films every week. And then I'd go down the Blockbuster after Network closed down. Or I'd be out at Hollywood Video and we'd go out there and rent horror films. And then I just devoured. And I, to this day, I have so many subscription services to different networks, to HBO, to Stars, to Cinemax, to Shudder, um, to Netflix, to Hulu, to Vudu. Uh, it just... Uh, I need to, I need more. I love the genre so much. And if you can take someone who doesn't have that exposure and introduce them gently to it, maybe they become that next person or they're influenced in that way. And uh, they become more appreciative of the genre itself. Uh, there was a friend 
when I was working at the movie theater who I could not get her to watch one single horror film because she didn't want to become desensitized to the violence. Now, granted, yes, I'm probably desensitized to the violence and to the gore because I've watched horror for 21 plus years now. But it doesn't make the horror of the events happening like if I still see blood in real life, if I see someone get cut or I see a car accident or I see something graphic on television that's in the news, I still get extremely horrified and shocked by it. So just because I can watch it on screen and I'm and I'm not flinching when someone gets their head chopped off or when someone gets their... Although I do cringe when it's Achilles tendons because there's something about that that really gets me. Or fingernails. Anything with fingernails and gets me too. Um, it doesn't mean I'm still I'm desensitized to real-world violence. Uh, so just remember that there's a side to every argument. That there's a story behind a person's feelings. You don't have to agree with what they said, but also don't discount what they're saying either. Just try to approach it from a diplomatic position and go, hey, have you thought about it this way? That's the point of the podcast. That's just, I think, what it means to be human. We're all, well, we're all supposed to be questioning things. We're all supposed to be growing and learning. And you can't grow... When you're shouting down somebody for having maybe an unpopular opinion or having an opinion that is influenced by some negative experiences, all you're going to do is cause that person to dig deep down into their own beliefs. And this is something that uh, it's a line from Dogma, and I'm going to butcher it. Uh, but if you're not familiar with Kevin Smith's Dogma, it, it is a fantastic. It's probably one of his best movies, uh, although Clerks and mall rats are tied for my favorites. Um, if you have a belief, people die and fight wars for belief. But if you have an idea, ideas can change and ideas can grow. And I think that that's the right way that we need to perceive things or we need to go about things. It's not wrong to have beliefs and it's not bad to have beliefs, but keep it you got to keep it level to an I, to where you're not going to completely be closed-minded. That you can be accept, acceptable or amenable to different ideas or different opinions and listen to the validity of those statements and also be able to criticize some of the statements. To point out flaws in that argument and the other person should be open and receptive towards you as well. So... Let's just try to remember that. Let's all try to just grow together. This was an experience, and I've seen a lot of people kind of, once they realized kind of the background behind it, them kind of going, well, gosh, I didn't think about it that way. That's not right. You shouldn't have been bullied. And we, in turn, ended up bullying you. Your intent was not to bully, even though it may have come across as bullying. Uh, so you got to remember that even though Twitter, you don't interact with the person face-to-face, -face, there is a person, for the most part, behind that screen. And we all can do better to be a little kinder. And I, I don't mean for this to be preachy. This went on way too long than what I intended it to be. Um, 
but it was something I felt like I, I, I needed to comment on, um, especially knowing this person and knowing that they are a good person. And the last thing that they want to do is be mean or be exclusionary towards anyone. So let's just learn from this. You know, let's grow. Let's admit our mistakes. Let's pick ourselves up and let's move on to bigger and better things. Now, with all that said, the rest of this is probably going to be super short because I don't have a whole lot to say about this because I don't I don't want to spoil anything about it if you're not familiar with it. Um, and go and subscribe and check it out. So if you're not familiar with Tales from Beyond the Pale, it is uh, a... Well, originally, it was kind of like a an audio drama that uh, I only came across through Audible, my Audible subscription. And I bought every single one of that like first season of it. And then they released a second season and then they did a third season and they're all, and they've done about this, maybe 10 a season or something like that. They all run about 30 minutes long and they're all different horror shorts. And uh, Larry Fessenden is the narrator, uh, Larry Fessenden of glass eye picks. Um, he's been involved with the until dawn, uh, game, uh, you know him around. You've seen him, I'm sure, if you're really into the horror genre. So really good guy. He's got a really clever eye for horror. Uh, I really appreciate him, and I think he's fantastic. Uh, he's kind of the narrator, the crypt keeper, the creep, uh, the Elvira of the show. And uh, he intros you to the story and then the story is just an audio drama, like the old radio shows of the 1920s and 1930s. Um, and they're all horror, individual horror stories. And there's a lot of great ones. Uh, Dead Air is probably, I, th I think it's Dead Air, um, is probably my favorite because I, I just like the concept of it. And I would love to see it made into an actual movie. Uh, but they just decided that they were going to go now with a podcast format. And I think that that's so good because there's a lot of them out there. Campfire Tales is, is uh, I think that's what, or Campfire Radio might be, or Campfire Theater. I might have that wrong. They're, they're very infrequent with their posts, um, but they do really good audio dramas. Uh, the No Sleep podcast is really good at it. Uh, and so I think that the format that they're doing is fantastic that they're going to do it as a pod a podcast i don't know if it's weekly or if it's monthly but the first episode is up now and it's called uh the reappraisal and the basic premise of it is that it's this man who is getting ready to sell the house he wants to move back to ireland because he's got uh these fears with kind of the current climate in the states that something bad is going to happen and he wants to get his family as far away as possible. And so it's like day one of the house being on the market. And he's already got a person that wants to buy the house. And there's a little bit more to this guy as it seems. And, it's, and it plays out really interesting. And um, it's kind of got a Faustian theme to it. And I really, really enjoyed it. I listened to it today while I was at work. Uh, I'm really excited for more episodes. I'd say from the other, kind of keeping the other like individual things that were released on Audible uh, in mind uh, for a rating on this one, I'm going to go with, I think, a four out of five. Um, 
I kind of wish I got to know the characters a little bit better. Not not just the main character, um, but kind of the the buyer. A little bit more background for him, and also more know more about the the rest of the family, the wife and the kids. Like you get a lot of exposition about them, but uh, you don't really hear from them a whole lot. And when it reaches the climax, it's like, oh man, I wish I, I would have felt more of a connection to them if I had more of an introduction to the characters and got to know them, had them feel more rounded than just what the husband talks about. Um, but overall, like, I'm, I mean, I'd say go rate that podcast five out of five right now and go write them a nice review. I've already rated them Um because I'm so excited and I want this podcast to succeed. I'm pretty sure it will because, you know, it's got um, Larry Fessenden behind it. And it's got his you know, uh, people all, all, all around it. And I think it's r- really clever and really good. So that's why it's a little bit different for this one. It's not necessarily a horror film. But if they're releasing an episode a week, then you've got kind of more episodes coming. Uh, it could be just an, an episode a month. Um, which even then, you know, I can't wait till the next one comes out and I'm looking forward to getting more stories than just having to re-listen to the old ones I I've got, uh, on my, uh, Amazon fire tablet. So I think that's going to do it for us, uh, on this one. Thank you guys for sticking with me again. I'm sorry about if the beginning of this felt a little preachy, uh, or a little kind of lecture type. I, I just, felt like it was something I needed to talk about and address um, because honestly f- horror Twitter and film Twitter can be a really great community and I don't think we should te- you know tear down our own for having uh, an influenced opinion about something and just remember to be kind that's that's all you can do and I I hope that that's helped. So, uh, we'll get kind of back to the normal recommendations on, on day 12. So we'll see you guys then.